0: Do you find investing in finance difficult and a little bit confusing? Well, here at the Greater Gains Podcast, we help to simplify that and so that you can make those greater gains. Hey, and welcome to the first episode of the Greater Gains Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing budgeting and basic budgeting needs that you need to meet to match your goals. So essentially, you have to break down your income into a few pieces prior to moving towards any of your goals. This, these pieces include your net income, your gross income, and then your tax rate. Your gross income is what your employer said they will pay you prior to taxes. Your net income is what you actually receive post-taxes. Your tax rate depends on the state in which you live, the country in which you live, and how much you make from your gross income. The next stage that you want to break it down into is your housing this one this means breaking it down if you rent a home and to rent and renter's insurance if you own a home mortgage insurance HOA taxes maintenance obviously if you own a home there's more costs to living uh, while renting an apartment it might appear on the surface to be more expensive you are just paying that one or the one or two costs of the actual house not including utilities for a home, you have to maintain the home. If you live in an HOA, you must pay just the HOA fees or things get very hairy very quickly. Um, you also have to pay property taxes on these homes, and you have to maintain them. Um, then the next category that you need to break it down into is auto. And with this, you need to have an auto payment for your car, and then you have to have auto insurance, and then gasoline and maintenance. Now... This is where it gets a little bit tricky because gasoline maintenance vary from car to car based on year, manufacturer, and type of vehicle. In my case, I drive a truck and I drive a Toyota truck, so I don't need much maintenance on it, but I do have to pay out the nose for gasoline. So there are drawbacks and things need to get adjusted for everyone's budget. And then the next category is food, and you should break that down to groceries and then take out food. And then miscellaneous, you want to break this down into emergency funds, holidays, birthdays, Christmas, and then a fun fund. This means money that you can just go out on a Friday night or Saturday night, spend it at a bar, not worry about it. It's your money. Do what you want with it. And then finally, my favorite part is the investments. You want to have two types of investments. You want to have stock investments, which could be called equity investments, and then you want property investments too let's break down our budget into percentages. So for your housing, you should be paying around 33 to 35% of your income should be going towards your housing. Obviously, this will vary. If you live in South, like I do, it's a lot cheaper to live here and buy a home here than if you live in California or New York or New Jersey. These places, the property values will increase. And therefore, you need to adjust your budget, especially if you are a entry-level worker or you're not too far into the workplace next would be auto you want to spend around 20 to 22 percent of your income in this area this allows for you to have substantially enough money to actually make your payments and have a decent car and then food you want it to be 18 to 20 percent of your um your income this means that you again will have enough money and then miscellaneous you want 10% and i know this might sound a little bit weird for people but when you actually break it down to things that is normally about the same amount people are actually using for like random stuff that they want a lot of the times people actually end up spending around 50 percent of their in, their income on their housing and then everything else gets skewed off of that so if you follow this 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 rough budget you'd actually be making out more and probably in reality having more purchasing power for other miscellaneous goods. Investments should be 15%. And so I use this personally. I do 7% into stocks, equities, and commodities. And then the other 7.5% I put into properties and saving for property or making payments on a property itself if it's a rental income property. What the investment section does with that 15% is it allows you to have enough growth each month to meet a number that I can comfort- comfortably live on in retirement. Now, this will vary from person to person based on your number you need to retire. However, for the average American, you probably need above a million dollars. By the time you turn 65, if you are currently in your 20s or 30s right now, you're going to need even more than that when you retire due to the fact that the U.S. dollar is being inflated at rates that we have not seen in a very long time. And our future is a little shaky at the current moment. So it's better to be on the safer side and save a little bit more now so that later on when there's a rainy day, you can buy that Lamborghini or you can buy that Porsche. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then eventually, if you were to use that investment section, you could... That that compound growth that you will experience from when you're my age, 23 to 67, would be astronomical. Doing a measly $500 a month into an investment account and making an annualized return of 8% each year, which is not unheard of. And while it takes some some doing, it's not by any means unachievable. You still have around $1.4 million when you retire at that time which is a lot of money and then we'll talk about this later on in future episodes but at that point you want to use something called the Trinity study and then you want to use the three percent rule or the four percent rule so that you never lose your purchasing power and just keep gaining money personally my goal is to use the three percent rule which means uh, take out three percent of realized gains leave in five percent and then the inflation which is typically two to three percent take place and then I'll still have 1% to 2% of growth each year. And when we're talking in millions, 1% or 2% each year is huge. Essentially, I'd be making a hundred or $200,000. That is a substantial amount of income, especially for a retiree, and my end goal is to generate generational wealth, and hopefully that is your goal too. Um, we'll talk about that further along down our line, in these podcasts, but that's it for today. Thank you guys for listening, and have a great day.